0: The last couple of weeks I have uh, uh, spent time uh, building expectations for Randy Ray up ridiculously high and I do not apologize for that. Uh, Randy uh, passed the audition in the early service and uh, so anyway what can I say other than uh, I love this man. Would you welcome my friend Randy Ray. Love you, too, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you this. Of course, uh, you know that I love your pastor. If you don't... Oh, oh, by the way, last service, someone brought me water. This service, the pastor brought me cookies. I like the direction this is going. (laughs) This is a good thing. I, I like what's happening here. I'll tell you what I like a lot. I like your church um, I like the passion of your church I like the compassion of your church um, you know it's very easy to want church to be just like me you know I want church and everybody to be just like me but uh, the the reality is that real church is is a variety and and I love your variety. I, I truly love your variety, and uh, you know Chris here on the uh, the dance uh, is that the, the praise praise and dance team. Uh, Chris on the dance team. Chris uh, was here for the earlier service, and and he came and and he came to see me at the close of the service, and 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 uh, Ronnie was there uh, with us, and uh, he told Ronnie. He said he he's a great preacher, and uh, Ronnie said you think so, huh? And he said, he told me to say it. <laughs> I like people who do what they're told. I, I like that. <clears throat> that is so great. Thank you for letting me invade your, your pastor space uh, for a little bit. And uh, Ronnie, love you more than I can say. I really, really do. We had, we had our 50th Class reunion, uh, celebration of our. We, we all graduated in that uh, reunion in 1968, and it was such an interesting and happy evening. I was a little disturbed at the number of people who came to me and said, You're looking good. <laughs> now, I want to tell you, well, I, you may not understand that. That's the last living compliment. Doesn't he look natural? That's next. I would have opted for, you're hot, or you're fat, but I didn't get any of that. You're looking good. Okay, well, here it comes. Let me give you a great uh, two verses here. This is from John chapter 19, verse 23 and 24. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and for my clothing, they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. You can look at a passage of Scripture in a lot of different ways. And you can break this down into a, a teaching or preaching outline. You can do a lot of things. Um, I, I, I believe this. I believe that, that Scripture has one interpretation but many applications. Uh, and I, I just, I believe that. And, and the applications, you, the, the preachers preach the interpretation of Scripture quite often, but it's the application of Scripture that, that we are speaking to our hearts about and, and trying to get the, we don't want it to just be dry bones. We want it to have spirit and life and so on. So, so we not only tell you what it says, we tell you what it says to us and what it might say to you and you may have had this experience one day i was reading this passage of scriptures a long time ago and i saw i was reading back then in the king james version and i saw something uh, on the page that i'd never seen before it surprised me it really surprised me it said that the garment was without seam woven from the top throughout and and when i saw that it it literally illuminated on the page to me and it was it was like all of a sudden someone had hit the highlight and clicked the bold button and there it was woven without seam from the top throughout and i said my goodness that's custom made that is perfection to jesus that is made just for him and and i i thought about what's made woven without seam from the top throughout. I used to work at a men's store in Goodlettsville called Brooks Men's Store. And, and at Brooks Men's Store, we had the best clothes back in that day. And, and when I saw this, I, I remember closing my eyes and walking around the store. And I, I looked at the suits and the pants and the shirts, even the sweaters, the, the socks, everything. But I couldn't find anything that didn't have a seam. I couldn't find anything that wasn't alterable or had been altered or had been made without a seam woven from the top throughout. But I saw that somebody had made for Jesus a garment without seam woven from the top throughout. And it impressed me so much that I went on a search for who it might be that made this garment woven without seam for Jesus Christ, who did something custom-made for Jesus Christ, who did something that was perfectly fit for Him. And I began to look because I knew that if I could find that person, there was not only a sermon there, there might be a whole series there, because this is somebody that's really somebody. But I couldn't find the person. I thought maybe it was one of the Marys, you know, Mary Magdalene, or Mary the mother of Jesus. I thought maybe Maybe it was uh, one of the Marys, or maybe it was one of the disciples, or or, uh, who knew who it could be? I I really didn't know, and I, I looked and looked, and I couldn't find it. So then I thought, well, okay, if I can't find the person who made this garment woven without seeing from the top throughout, maybe I can find out something about them. And as I began to think about something about them, I said, you know, I'll not be able to get a name, but I can tell you, I can describe that person. And if I can describe that person, maybe I can become that person, and maybe I can do something for Jesus that's custom made, something that will fit Him, something that is perfect for Him, something that was done just from me to Him, not for anybody else, but from me to Jesus. And so I I looked and I said, okay, who made this garment woven without seam? First of all, it was someone who not only knew Jesus, but knew him well. Now, the reason that I say that is because not only did they have to know him to make the garment, but they had to fit this garment perfectly to him, so they had to know him well. They had to know the the reach of the outstretched arms that would be nailed on the cross of Calvary. They had to know the, the length and the breadth of the back that would be beaten with a cat of nine tails. They had to know about Jesus. They had to know him well. If they didn't know him well, their service wouldn't fit. It's one thing to know him. It's another thing to know him well. You cannot go to heaven without knowing Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we have to know Jesus. But you really cannot have your service fit the way you want it to unless you know him well. Now listen carefully. That's not a matter of longevity. That's a matter of intensity. That's a matter of trying to take the time that you've got to know him well. And everybody is equipped to know him well enough for their service to fit. Could I tell you that I believe that Chris's service on the dance team fits Jesus well? And and so I thought, all right, who was it that knew him well? Look, let let me give you an illustration on this. My dear, dear friend in high school, he's, he's gone to be with the Lord now. His name was David Busby. David Busby. Uh, we, were, we were like peanut butter and jelly. We were like this all the time. And David, there are a lot of reasons that, that we were close. See, I, I called him in the earlier service, refrigerator friends. You, got, you had refrigerator friends where they'd just come to your house, you'd go to theirs, you'd go straight to the refrigerator, don't ask anybody. You ever had a refrigerator friend? or you been a, Yeah, okay, you understand. He, we were refrigerator friends. I'm shocked that some of you don't have refrigerator friends, by the way. You might have them and not know it. The next time you're over at somebody's house, just go in the kitchen and get in the refrigerator see what happens. But anyway, we were refrigerator friends, and, and there were other reasons that we were friends like that. David had a Corvette that helped our friendship a lot, and <laughs> there were just things along those lines. But, but anyway, Dave, uh, David, he he had this girlfriend at Christmas time, uh, and and I now I had a lot of girlfriends uh, in, back in the day, but I, I never had one at Christmas. Um, And I didn't get back with him until after Valentine's. But during that period of time, that's was pretty good. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just saying. So David had this girlfriend and David called me and he was in a horrible panic. He said, it's Christmas morning. He said, Randy, come over here now. Something awful's happened. I said, what is it, Buzz? He said, I can't tell you. And I said, you, he said, please now, Christmas morning. He has his Corvette. I got in my 1964 Chevrolet Bel Air. Yeah. Two door, three on the tree, baby. And I drove as hard and fast as I could to his house, and I went to the back door, and I opened the door, and I said, hey, it's Randy. David's daddy was Ray Busby, and he was a little like Humpty Dumpty. Had that red and bald-headed. And he said, hey, Randy, little buddy, come on down here, I'm in the den. So I went down there and I said, Mr. Busby, David called me. Something's happened. He said, oh, I, he said, uh, I said, what is did He said, I'll let David tell you. He said, David, Randy's here. Randy came down the steps. Oh, David came down the steps. And he looked at me, and he said, Randy, something terrible's happened. And I said, well, what, Buzz? He said, and he named his girlfriend's name. I'm not even going to say her first name, because I'm so afraid that you're here. Uh, Laughter But if you are here, you're going to know it anyway. Because He said, well, her name was Pat. He said, Randy, Pat, are there anybody named Pat in here? <laughs> Not you, sir. Uh, anyway, her name was, name was Pat. He said, Randy, Pat made me something for Christmas. I said, well, Buzz? I said, I almost wrecked my car coming over here just to you to hear. He said, you don't understand. She made me something. And I said, Well, David, she she made me a sweater. And about that time Ray said, Hey David, why don't you go upstairs and put it on show, Randy? <laughs> so David disappeared and I heard Sasquatch coming back. It sounded so much like they had found Bigfoot upstairs at David's house and it was boom. Boom! And he walked in, and there he stood looking at me. He had on a long, multicolored, bulky-knit sweater that hung down to his (laughs) knees and hung off his hands. It looked like a sack dress for a pregnant woman. And I stared at him, and he stared at me. And I stared at him, and he stared at me. And we were both speechless. And Mr. Busby broke the silence. <laughs> Mr. Busby says, me and David and the whole family going to get in it after a while and go over to her house. <laughs> now, let me ask you, <clears throat> was the problem that she didn't know David? <clears throat> no, that wasn't the problem. <clears throat> the problem was that she didn't know him well enough for her service to fit. And that's the problem that many of us have in trying to serve the Lord. We don't read the Word enough to know what He said in the Word. We're not in prayer enough to know how He speaks to our hearts to be in tune with Him. And we have to know Him well enough so that what we do for Him will fit. So whoever made this garment, woven without seam from the top throughout, not only knew Jesus, they knew Jesus well. Here's the second thing. They not only knew Jesus well, but they gave Him the honor that He deserved. Let me explain something to you. He was not the only one that had a garment like this. You say, oh, well, then it's not all that special. Even more special. This was the garment of the high priest. And he came and was despised and rejected among men. He came into his own, and his own received him not. They turned him away. They wouldn't listen to him. They began to plot against him to try and kill him. Yet somebody said he should have the honor that he deserves. He is the holiest of the holy ones. He is the highest of the high ones. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he ought to have the garment of the high priest at least. So they made for him the garment woven without seam oh my goodness do we give jesus the honor that he deserves your pastor said something brilliant and powerful to all of you who are going back to school he said you have this life some of you and then you have that life and that life and that life he said don't compartmentalize your lives make jesus the center, the hub of your life, so that every spoke of your life comes out of Jesus, and you rotate on Jesus in every part of your life. And that will bring you to the place of giving him the honor that he deserves. Who made this garment woven without seam from the top throughout for Jesus? Well, whoever it was, they not only knew him, they knew him well. They not only knew him well, but they gave him the honor that he deserves. And here's the third thing. This is big. They not only gave him the honor that he deserves, but they did it because they loved him very much. You ever started out doing something for the Lord and kind of whiffed out on it a little bit? You say, man, I want to get in. I want to do that. I really want to do that. And yeah, this is really okay, and this is, well, I don't know that I want it. I don't have peace about this anymore. You know? We kind of get used to things that we shouldn't be getting used to. I, look, I, I, I was listening to this praise, this praise thing, everything, and I thought, you know what? I bet a lot of these folks just are used to this. I bet a lot of these folks think, hey, man, I'm glad that shows up every Sunday. It doesn't just show up every Sunday. People who know Him well and honor Him much and love Him a lot work at it faithfully. And there's something that God has for you, but you want to love Him very much. uh, I'm the last of nine children. Six girls and three boys. I'm the baby of the family, and I was and still am just adorable. And... (laughs) And I, I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. It's it's the truth. <clears throat> my my oldest brother, my oldest brother had a heart attack many years ago. And and they um, and he was self-employed, so he really didn't have the means to take care of himself. And so that that was one of the benefits of big family, is we got together and we said, okay, we're gonna give this amount of money every month from each one of us and we're going to pool it, and we're going to write him a salary for the next number of months, however long it takes. And that's what we did. We, we literally uh, paid him a salary for a period of time just as a family uh, because we do love him. One morning I was going to the church when I was pastoring here in Nashville, and I passed by his, his house, and I saw my sister. I have a sister named Tawanda. How many of you saw the movie Fried Green Tomatoes? You remember Tawanda? Yes. Let me tell you. That that personality goes with the name. <laughs> my sister is that one. But anyway, but she's a very loving and giving woman. I mean very loving and giving. And I passed by and she was getting out of her car and she was going up to his front door and I honked my horn and she waved and I said, I know what she's doing. She's cheating. She's giving him more money than we've agreed to give him. You ever, uh, I think it was Ed Ames that sang that song back in the 60s, My Cup Runneth Over With Love. Did your cup ever just run over? And my cup just filled up and ran out all over the place, and I got tears in my eyes, and I thought, boy, I love her for who she is. So I got to the office, and I called Jan, and I said, Jan, would you call the florist? And we, we, we didn't have big money or anything, but I said, so I, and so we couldn't send a lot, but I said, would you call the florist and see if they would send two roses in a vase to her office and put on it from Randy and Jan and the boys just because we love you? She said, I'd be glad to. And I told her what, he'd, what I'd seen. Later that morning, I received a phone call. I answered the phone, and this is what I heard. Why'd you do this? <laughs> and I said, I beg your pardon. Why'd you do this? And I said, Who is this, please? Is it Tawanda? You know who it is. and I want to know why you did this. Well, I said, What did I do? She said, oh, They came in and they put two roses in the bags and they it on said, Oh my God, why'd you do this? I said, well, Tawanda, maybe they got the wrong message. Would you read the card? <laughs> and she said, Randy and Jen and the boys, just because you love me? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. We just love you to pieces, Tawanda. And that's why we did it. It felt so good to do something that was perfect for her at that perfect time, in that perfect moment. And that's who I want to be for Jesus. I want to make for him a garment woven without seam, something that's custom made for him. I want to send him two roses in a vase at just the right time for just the right purpose. uh, Some of my favorite people in the world are Down syndrome. God has given the world Down syndrome people to love for the whole of their life. I love them. And and my favorite person in any church ever that I pastored was a girl named Janice Waters, who I first met at age eight. She's now in her mid-40s. She's actually lived quite long And she, uh, Janice is just a mess. I mean, just a mess. She'd call me handsome. That's one of the reasons I really loved her so much. (laughs) But Janice, Janice's family came to our church to visit. And one of the boys, one of the teenage boys had gotten saved. And Janice uh, came and, and with her family, they got the family to come one Sunday. And Janice was all over the place, all over the place up and down and around she's eight years old down syndrome never been in church and i said in the first service that i called i actually didn't call i went to their home and visited uh that sunday afternoon and called first and asked if i come visit and i went to visit and and they the first thing they did is they apologized and said that they won't be back and i said well wait whoa, well, whoa wait why won't you be back well janice she's so disruptive i said she's not disruptive and, and they said, "What well, she's... All, I said, she's just never been there. And our church will learn her. And we will love her if you'll let us. And we'll love you if you'll let us. She said, you think it... I said, I know it'll be okay. So they started coming as a family. Another brother got saved a sister got saved, daddy got saved, mama got saved. Every time one was saved, I would baptize them every single time. And and Janice began to see all of this and Janice would come up to me and she say, "Be baptized. Be baptized." And I said, "Well, Janice, one day when you feel like that that you really understand what it is to be saved, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll baptize you." She said, "Okay. Okay." Well, time went on and a year and two years and three years and then janice was 14 years old and she began to cry during the service and and she would weep and and her mother told me she said janice is crying some during the service when you're preaching and i asked her what's wrong and she won't tell me and i and she said do you think i said oh i do think i do think i said let the holy spirit keep working on her and time went on, and one day she cried all the way through the service, all the way through the invitation, and she got home. She cried all the way home, and her mom said, Her mom's name was Ebby, was and Ebby said, Janice, what can we do? She said, Other Randy, talk to Other Randy. That was me. And so she called me, and I said, All right, bring her tonight. She came to the evening service, and I gave the invitation. And Janice came forward, and I said, Janice, why are you She said, be saved, be saved. And I said to my wife, would you take Janice and sit down and carefully show her how to be saved? Jan went out with Janice to a counseling room. She was back inside within a minute, and she said, she's not talking to me, she wants you. I said, all right, I turned to someone for them to finish the service. And I went back, and I said, I, I said I can see Janice. She's sitting on a little kid's table in a little area for children. And I, I said, uh, I got down and knelt in front of her, and I said, Janice, sweetheart, if you died today, where would you go? And she went, <gasps> <sighs> <sighs> and I said, do you want Pastor Ray to tell you about Jesus and how to be saved? And in the simplest and most careful way that I could, I shared with her the truth of salvation. And she bowed her little head and she asked Jesus Christ to come into her heart and to be her Savior and her Lord. And after she finished praying, I said, Janice, if you died now, where would you go? Here's exactly what she said. She said, heaven, heaven, heaven. And I said, and why would you go? She said, Jesus in my heart. Jesus in my heart. I can see her now. Jesus in my heart. Then she said, be baptized now. (laughs) I said, you betcha. We took her into the baptistry. and and she was a little short, and she was a little heavy, and had those little stubby fingers, and and she wrapped them like this, and I put my hand to her back, and I held her little hands and I said, Upon your profession of faith and by the divine command of Christ Jesus our Lord, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. And those little fingers came apart and she wrapped them around me and I wrapped my arms around her and we hugged and rocked back and forth. And the whole church cried and rejoiced at the same time. And I thought, this is like sending Jesus two roses in a vase. This is a garment without seam woven from the top throughout. This fit him perfectly. I want you in your life to do that which fits Jesus perfectly. Don't you want to do that? But you must know him and know him well. You must be willing to give him the honor that he deserves, no matter if anyone else is or not. And you certainly must love him very, very much. Let us pray. Father, for the privilege of sharing your word and inspiration from your word about this one, who did this thing so custom-made and special for Jesus, I thank you with all of my heart. And I pray that this message will take root and bear fruit in the lives of those who have heard it and in my life as well. And thank you for whoever it was that gave us this tremendous example that day. And may we remember it and never forget it and follow it as closely as we can. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And let me just say, because I think there's a tendency to go, oh, well, you know, you you pastored a church. You had... Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be a pastor t- to make a garment that's seamless. You don't have to be... Anybody special, you probably will be anonymous. But it can happen in your life.